At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Welcome to a new episode of the Prosperity on Air podcast. I'm your host, Paola De Vescovi, and I'm here to help you create freedom and prosperity in your life with the location-independent business that you can run from anywhere in the world. Welcome to episode 12 of the Prosperity on Air podcast and uh, I'm your host uh, Paola De Vescovi and uh, in today's episode uh, we will be speaking about uh, very important topics that are related to being an entrepreneur and uh, being an entrepreneur and a woman in particular. Uh, in this interview that you will uh, hear in uh, a few minutes, it's uh, it's uh, an, an interview that dates back to um, three years ago with uh, Michelle Dawson. Michelle is a an entrepreneur and a business coach. She works internationally. She has a very broad experience in working with women entrepreneur. And why did I choose to uh, to present today an, an interview that is not suddenly a recent one? Well, it's uh, an evergreen interview, I would say. The topics are evergreen and what we discussed three years ago certainly still applies today. So, as I said, uh, Michelle is a business coach and uh, an entrepreneur herself. In the interview that you will uh, listen to, uh, I have introduced her uh, um, extensively, um, speaking about her experience, uh, the the company she has set up, and uh, her programs. So you will have all this information when we uh, switch to the interview itself. But just to give you a little flavor what we will be discussing and why I have chosen to uh, to represent, to present again uh, this interview after three years. Um, we will be speaking about one of the biggest challenges that uh, as entrepreneurs we have to face uh, and this is especially deciding who the client you want to serve is, um, especially when we start our business venture. And uh, so we are just at the beginning uh, of our entrepreneurial uh, journey. We are afraid of, you know, missing opportunities if we decide to narrow our target market too much. 
while instead being very specific uh, is certainly a benefit. And so you will hear what Michelle has to say about it. Um, we speak about uh, internal and external obstacles that as entrepreneurs and particularly as women we are facing. And one of these obstacles has to do with confidence. Uh, another external obstacle is represented by, um, you know, a um, tendency in uh, trying, in thinking that we can understand our business and what we need in our business as we go. And therefore, we do not create the necessary systems and processes that help us uh, optimize uh, our business and not only optimizing it, but also um, they help really uh, earn money and make our business profitable. The need for us to, as entrepreneurs, to uh, measure our progress and this helps us understand where we need to make adjustments. So um, rather than trying to figuring out things as we go, it is important to have all these aspects very clear since the very beginning. We speak about branding, personal branding, the need to be clear about what makes you unique and be able to craft your message in a way that you really speak to your audience, their problems, their issues, but also highlighting your unique uh, talents and your unique services uh, in a way that it's uh, very clear. We speak about prosperity and what prosperity means. And as I say in this interview, and I often repeat it, uh, even today, whenever I interview uh, other entrepreneurs and professionals on the topic of, you know, running a business, an online business and uh, prosperity and freedom. What does prosperity mean to you? This is my question. And prosperity may mean different things for different people. So we will hear what uh, being prosperous means for Michelle and she brings about the concept of wholeness. So um, feeling that, you know, we are a complete being with our mind, our spirit, our soul, but also with our business and in our everyday uh, life. And uh, so these are some of the topics that, as you have heard, are really evergreen. They applied three years ago. They still apply today. They are very important topics and they really need to be clarified and understood or at least we need to be aware of these aspects whenever uh, as entrepreneurs and especially as women entrepreneurs, we decide that we want to set up and uh, run our own business. And then I also asked Michelle some questions about um, reinventing yourself or, you know, starting your own business, changing your career 
when you are in your 50s. And this is a topic that is very dear to me uh, since I went through uh, this experience myself. I had to uh, completely revolutionize my life when I was just turning uh, turning 50. Uh, and as a woman uh, at that age, we go through so many changes from the physical point of view, career-wise, also the the uh, family environment changes, our children grow up. So there's our, our parents grow older or unfortunately they pass away. So there's a, a lot of things that we have to deal with at this age. So all these aspects affect us also as entrepreneurs. Before we switch to the interview uh, with Michelle, I just want to warn you that at times the audio may not be perfect since at that time uh, I interviewed her using Google uh, Hangouts, uh, Hangouts on Air. So there, there are moments when the, the audio is not uh, perfect. Uh, but the, the content uh, and the topics uh, are certainly worthwhile presenting them again uh, here on this podcast. So without any further ado, let's move to the interview with Michelle Dawson. Good evening. Good evening to everybody. I'm very happy to be here tonight with my friend Michelle Dawson from the United States. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Glad to be here with you this evening and this afternoon for us here in the U.S. Uh, on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's after we've just had dinner here. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michelle, for we've uh, Michelle and I have met approximately a month ago at an international right. conference. And I discovered a beautiful lady uh, with many, many projects, with many things that I want to, uh, to share with you tonight. So I will briefly introduce her, just a, a few things about her so that you know what beautiful, marvelous things she does. She is the founder and president of Catalyst Enterprises International. And uh, uh, her mission is to help organizations and individuals turn their potential into performance. She's an organizational strategist and a business mentor, and she has conducted leadership and business and organizational development programs for entrepreneurs, corporations, and nonprofit organizations in the United States, Asia, Europe, Australia, and Africa. So she, she knows the, the, the world market pretty well. Uh, she's also founder of Catalyst Success Institute, which is the entrepreneurial development division of Catalyst Enterprises. And uh, they help women entrepreneurs break through self-sabotaging thoughts and paradigms to make quantum leaps in their mission, mindset, and money while staying true to their vision and values. And this is so important. She is co-author of the book, A View from the Top, Exceptional Leadership Strategies for Women. And you will also briefly speak about this uh, book during the interview, Michelle. 
And this is a book for the woman who wants to unapologetically stand in the power of her femininity, share the brilliance and uniqueness of her talents with the world and get paid for what she's worth. She's uh, recognized for the successful outcomes achieved by her, uh, by her clients and Catalyst, her company has been honored as one of the top 100 mid-Atlantic minority business enterprises and Delaware Today magazine's 20 outstanding woman-owned businesses. So I don't think I have anything else to add <laughs> to all the things that you have accomplished, Michelle, and the, the, the beautiful things that you do for, for women internationally. Thank you so, so much. Yes, so I would like to, to start with uh, a question concerning you as an entrepreneur. You run a successful business and uh, I can imagine that you have faced many challenges. What can you describe as the biggest challenge that you have faced? Well, I think that's a great question and I would say my business, I started Catalyst in 2007, really excited about serving people, serving women, and the challenge that I experienced when I started was really getting clear on who I wanted to serve. I thought I could just serve everyone. I figured everyone needed what I had to offer and um, I just go and hang out my shingle and say I'm here to serve you, but what I found was because who I was trying to serve was so broad and trying to message, get, paint my message for everyone, no one was able to identify themselves in my message. So the biggest challenge was really getting clear on who I wanted to serve and make sure my message was clear to that audience. Yeah, and this is really one of the biggest challenges that I Absolutely. Yes. We can serve everybody while it is so important to identify your customer. Yes. And how did you overcome this challenge, Michelle? You know, I had to step back and really think about the gifts, the talents that I had and what I was really passionate about doing and who I really wanted to serve. And what did that person look like? I had to get an image of my mind of what that person looked like, and I'm not talking physically, but what they looked like as far as their needs. What were the problems they were having? What were the challenges that they were having? And what was the outcome that they would like in return? And so once I developed a system to map that out and get really clear on what that person looked like, it helped me to frame my messaging and my marketing so that I'm speaking directly to that person. When I began to do that, I became more consistent in drawing in and attracting the kind of clients that I wanted to serve. Uh, this is very interesting. When you when you are focused, it seems you know not not everybody think about that. And yes. It is yeah very very important to be very clear and very focused. Yes, it's so important. Yes. Um, Michelle, I have another question. You empower women with your programs and services and I can imagine you have helped women coming from different walks of life and different industries. What are the major obstacles, both internal 
and external that a woman has to face when she's starting a new business or a new career and especially older women, women in their you know, late 40s, 50s. I like how you phrase that question about what the internal and external obstacles are because they're both and sometimes we focus on external obstacles when if we don't deal with the internal ones um, the external ones that we've dealt with are still not effective the tools we have and I would say the biggest obstacle that we as women face internally is our paradigm or how we think and so you know paradigm is just the way we look at something, how we view it, our mindset. And so it's really important as women that we believe and have the confidence and the courage that's necessary in order to step out in that area of business that we desire to achieve, that we have the confidence that we can move up in that career that we desire to have. And so um, with the many women, I've worked with hundreds of women, and most of the time we have to start with making that paradigm shift, you know, getting them to believe and understand what they have is valuable and it's needed and there are people who are willing to invest with them in order to receive the solution that they have for, for the um, problem that they're having. And on the external side, I would say that it's having the right systems in place. Um, a lot of times we um, go kind of by the seat of our pants. It's a phrase we use here in the U.S. where we're figuring it out as we go and we're wasting a lot of time in doing that because rather than creating a system, a process, so that um, we're not using um, time unnecessarily and we're maximizing our time, um, having that system in place so that we know what's going to happen, how we're going to serve our customer and what's the most effective way to serve our customer on a consistent basis. So I would say internally it would be mindset and having the confidence and courage and externally having the system, whether it's marketing whether it's how you brand yourself, whether it's how you deliver your product or service to your client base. Now it's interesting what you're saying because you know you, we hear the, the 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 need about the need to have a system very often. Sometimes yes. you have the impression that it's almost a buzzword, while instead yes. it's it's something that you really really need to have right. a proper business and to be able to run the the system the the business well absolutely and, and without those without those systems it's it's really difficult to measure how are you doing how well are you doing are you growing in the ways that you want to grow in your business or your career are you achieving the goals um, that you desire to achieve in your business or career and having the right system with the goals and milestones and benchmarks also in place you can accurately measure your progress and and figure out where if you're not progressing the way that you desire to where you need to make Why? the adjustments. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's true, that's so true. Uh, Michelle, you know that I mainly work with uh, more and more women and there's um, a woman I'm in contact with that she defines herself and so this age group, vintage women, so I like this expression, <laughs> vintage women. So, 
that's why I want to ask you a specific question for this age group. Sure. Mm -hmm. Which would you say are the characteristics of a vintage woman <laughs> that are particularly helpful when she's starting a new venture or a new career at a more mature age? I, I, I love that term vintage women and yeah. um, you know yeah. as, as I've worked with women that that would fit in that that age category one thing I found that is so tremendous and wonderful with women who have um, reached this milestone in their life they're more confident who they they are they have raise their family if they had families, if they've had a career, they're well into their career and they're much more settled in what's important to them, their values and what's really important. And so I would say that, you know, looking at the, the characteristics that women have at this age, they're very gifted, they're talented. With the combinations of their gifts, their talents, and their life experience, they have so much to offer the world um, and so much to offer the marketplace. And it's just a matter of knowing how to package that and to make put a message behind that so that people can hear them and I think the thing that's is so in, incredible um, and so important for those of us women who are considered vintage women if we fall in that category is not to be afraid to be visible yeah. And to share that, you know, you have experiences, you have gifts, you have talents that are valuable, and not only valuable, they are marketable. And so knowing how to market those in any new venture is, is critical as well. Yes, and, and without always comparing yourself yes. to a younger generation or to other That's women right. in general, because you are unique at any age. Yes, that is so important as as well, and you know, and and sometimes I think um, as as we get older, our lives or identity has been wrapped up in um, our identity as a mother, our identity as a wife, our identity associated with others. But you know, taking the time to really get clear on who we are as an individual and what's inside of us as an individual woman and it's a very powerful um, thing to be able to present when we get clear on that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very important. That's very important. Um, Michelle, I see many women in their 50s that for a reason or another, often the reason is the crisis that has hit the world, are trying to reinvent themselves and start yes their own business. What would you suggest to these women who are starting afresh now in their 50s? Um, just like we were saying before, women in their 50s have so much to offer the world and so much to offer their communities. And oftentimes because our lives have taken twists and turns and our experiences have been so vast, um, we look at all these things we have and figure, well, what do I do with them? I have all these things in a basket. How am I supposed to put them together and make it uh, uh, presented as a package? And so I would recommend the first step is to do a self-assessment. And when I say self-assessment, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What is it that um, you enjoy doing? And I remember when I first um, transitioned from 
uh, my corporate career of 16 years into becoming an entrepreneur, two years before that, or actually probably about four years, three or four years before that, I was, um, you know, overseas. I was doing a tremendous launch. Um, in Germany for the company and it was a multi-million dollar launch and it was very successful and everyone was celebrating and I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself I don't want to do this anymore and so I knew I wasn't happy doing it even though I was good at it it didn't fulfill me anymore and so I knew I didn't want to do that but I didn't know what I wanted to do and so that started my process of going through a self-assessment looking at all my gifts all my talents um, the experiences I've had and then once I was able to look at them what were the ones I was most passionate about because we as women we can do a lot of things but it doesn't mean that we're passionate about everything that we know to do we're, we're brilliant beings and so we're very you know multi-talented but what is the thing that we're most passionate about doing that we love enjoy doing and then once we figure that out looking at it and how can that serve others and and serve them in a way that they're willing to invest in themselves through you to purchase that service or that product to meet their need yeah that, that's thank you that, that's very very important and I think this applies to every woman not only women in their 50s mm -hmm. Michelle marketing and promoting yourself is one of the biggest challenges that my clients have to face and one of yes. the most difficult ones for them and I believe that personal branding is very important today and it's also a way that uh, to, to, to get to know yourself better and yes. to be more focused in what you do. What do you do for your personal brand and your social media presence? Another great question. Um, for my personal brand, I had to decide what was my unique value preposition and you know we hear about that phrase a lot in business but even yeah. personally what is it that's unique about me and I and I have in my office um, a, a banner that's hanging it says there may be millions of people who do what I do but none of them can be me doing it and what yeah. that means is you know even though there may be others that can offer the same service can offer the same product you bring yourself to it, you bring your essence, your personality, your character to it, and that's what makes it unique. And so oftentimes people, and I think I saw this posted on your Facebook page, and I, I love this quote, that people don't just buy what you have, they buy why you do what you do. And so, you know, we see that in a lot of brands, whether it's multi-million dollar companies like Apple. When you think of a company like Apple products, they're not the only ones who make um, iPad type or tablets. They're not the only ones that make MP3 players. But it's it's what it's associated with um, having an Apple product that makes people want and stand out in line for hours to get this product. Yeah. And so yeah. because Apple has been so successful in communicating their uniqueness, that's why people respond and, and you can get the same response for the product and service that you offer when you can get real clear on your unique value preposition and communicate that. And then I would say not only once you get clear with that, when you want to build a brand, it's how people perceive you. So go out and ask some people who will be honest with you, you know, what is their impression of you? 
what would they say your brand represents? Just how would they describe you? And that kind of gives you an understanding of where you would like your brand to be and where it may be today if there's a disconnect. And then setting some goals. I would say the next thing is set clear goals. If your brand isn't developed or as visible as you like, setting goals, when would you really like to see that transition taking place? If it's six months or a year where you want people to recognize your brand as. And then also your brand serves a particular group. And so who is that group that you want to serve with your brand? Who is it that you want to be visible to? Who do you want to communicate with? And I think one thing that's really important is Pay attention to the details of your brand. Your brand is more than your website or your business card or your resume. and Those things should represent your brand as well. But it's not just verbally how you communicate, but also your nonverbal communication also represents your brand. So you want to make sure all those things are in alignment. Yes, yes, true. Michelle. You know, I called my company Project Prosperity, and yes. uh, this uh, interview series it's called Simple Steps to Prosperity. Prosperity mm -hmm. is something that is really important in my life, and I think in everybody's life. But it doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. That's so, so true. Yes, what does prosperity mean to you and what is the number one prosperity secret in your life that you would like to share with us tonight? What prosperity means to me is wholeness. When I think of the word prosperity, I think of wholeness. And what I mean by wholeness, I mean spirit, soul, and body completeness. And so one of the things that um, I've always wanted to make sure in my life that I wasn't a public success and a private failure. And so prosperity means that um, I'm whole in spiritually, I'm whole physically, I'm whole in my mental capability as well, and being able to balance those things. And so I would say my number one prosperity secret it has been being faithful and committed to my values first and foremost, and then diligent in my work ethic. And as long as I keep those things functioning well in my life, I believe that I'm very prosperous. Yeah. And what does success mean to you? You know, years ago, I came across a definition of success, and I've always, whenever anyone asks me that question, I give the same definition. And the definition of success that I use in my life, both personally and professionally, is continually achieving my predetermined goals, stabilized by a balanced life purified by my belief system. And so in that, my success is, I don't see success as something that I've attained and reached and then you don't strive anymore, but it's it's a continual process as I set more goals and I achieve more goals. But I want to make sure the goals that I set for my life, personally and professionally, consist of balance, that my life is in balance with it, and that I don't go against the value system that I have in my life in order to achieve those goals. So that's success for me. So it's beautiful what you said and what I feel is that your success is your life and your life yes. is your success. 
Absolutely. And that's so <laughs> beautiful, really. Um, Michelle, talking about balance, I believe that uh, in order to feel fulfilled and happy about your life, you have to find a balance between yes. your physical, mental and spiritual life. Absolutely. What do you to, what do you do to keep or to find this balance in your life? Well, it's it it goes back to setting proper boundaries, and I'm big on boundaries. I'm not perfect in setting boundaries all the time, but it's something that I keep my keep in front of me that I have to set boundaries. and And the boundaries that I set are in four particular areas, and one is environment, the other is with my time. The third is with people, and the fourth is with priorities, and I'll explain each one. And I believe whether it's in, especially in my business, these boundaries are important because I believe that my current income, the revenue that I'm able to generate is a byproduct of these four areas, my environment, priorities, time, and people. And so to increase and grow in those areas, I need to constantly be improving in those four areas. And so when I say environment, it's it's my my house, my office, keeping it clear of clutter, keeping things organized, having a system and how I do things. I find when I get things get cluttered around me, I don't think well, <laughs> so I'm not able to be as creative as I want to be. So I like to keep things in order. And then also with my priorities, you know, a lot of times we, especially in business or even personally, we, we make a to-do list and we think of how much can I get done in this day? How much can I cram in this day? And several years ago, I changed that question to myself from asking how much can I get done today and re reframe that question to say, what needs to happen to move my business or my life forward today? And asking the question that way has changed the priorities of that list. There may be things that I'd be nice to do, like to do, but is it really going to impact my business? Is it really going to impact my life if I don't get it done? And so then also people. Um, you know, we talked and you asked a question about balance, and we as women have this superwoman mentality sometimes. We figure we have to do it all, get it all done, and do it all by ourselves. And so it's important, I think I've learned that collaboration is a wonderful gift, and knowing how to allow people to help. And um, you know, having the right people surrounding me to help and to collaborate, so I can leverage my time. And then the fourth, actually being time, putting those structures and those systems in place, so that it gives me freedom. And sometimes people hear the word systems and they think, oh, you're you know stifling my creativity. I'm not going to be able to get things done. But I have found the more systems that I put in place the more freedom I have because I don't have to guess what needs to happen next. I'm very clear on the process that needs to um, take place and whether it's business or whether it's in my personal life. So those are the four areas that I strive to work on and set clear boundaries in order to keep my life in balance. You, you were saying that as women we have to allow people to, to help. Yes. One of the most difficult things for me, too, is to ask for help. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that's so common. 
to, yeah. to women. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And I think we, we think if we have to ask for help, it's a reflection on our ability um, um, to be able to handle situation. It's a sign of weakness or it's a sign of incompetence. And it's, it's not, not at all. Not at all. That's true. That's true. Uh, Michelle, while I was uh, introducing you, I mentioned that uh, you co-authored uh, a book, A View from the Top, Exceptional Leadership Strategies for Women. Would yes. you like to tell us something about this book and the, your contribution in particular? Uh, it was it was a great project. Um, I had the um, opportunity and the privilege to work with about 20 other women in writing this book. And so when I was approached about it, I'd never written before, so it was a very new um, adventure for me. And so I thought about um, the the publisher of the book had knew, knows that I'm an entrepreneur and wanted me to write from that perspective as far as women in leadership as business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I wrote the book, wrote the my chapter, and the title of my chapter, which is the lead chapter for the book, is titled "Feminine, Fabulous, and Financially Free: How to Charge What You're Worth Without Apology." And the whole concept behind that chapter is that we can be strong women, um, we can be women as far as being feminine, because oftentimes we find that in business people have, I've heard and people have told me and other women have shared with me that it's believed that in order to be successful in business you have to do business like a man whatever that means. And I believe when people hear that they think of being, you know, abrupt or being abrasive, but I believe that we can bring who we are as women and our femininity that we bring as women and in that there's still strength and um, but the challenge that oftentimes we have in business is we won't um, we don't value what we bring to the table and so we're not willing to ask for the price or ask for the salary that we believe that our gifts and talents um, command. And so in that chapter I talk about how to get clear on your value and communicate your value and um, how to stand up for yourself and how to boldly and confidently state your price when you understand your value, communicate that, and not be afraid or apologetic for the price that you're asking for your service or the salary that you're asking for in your career. Uh, Michelle, can you tell our viewers where they can find your book? Absolutely. They can go on the website. Um, my website um, is catalystsuccess.com and you'll find a link to the book or if you go to, it's also sold on amazon.com um, and so you can find it in those two places. Uh, if you would like a signed copy of the book, if you go to my website, I will um, sign the copy, personalize a copy for you and mail it out to you. So either way through my website or through Amazon you would be able to um, purchase the book. So for those who are watching uh, us at the end of this hangout you will be redirected to a page where you will find all the contact details for Michelle, so if you want to get in touch with her, visit her website, uh, you will have all the information and I will post 
uh, your contact details also on my social media pages, Michelle. Thank you so much. So to to complete this wonderful interview, and I would love to keep you here for ages. I, <laughs> I would love to ask you so many questions. Um, I know you have many projects, and there is one in particular that is uh, starting um, in uh, in a few weeks, if I remember yes. correctly. Yes. Uh -huh. Can you tell us about this project? This program that you are launching. Oh, thank you for the opportunity to share this. Um, it's, I'm really excited. It is a, a virtual telecourse that I'm launching. It's a five-week course and the course is called Get Focused. And what it is, it, it, a lot of the things that we've talked about in this interview, in our conversation, is going to be covered and detailed in that five-week course. And um, Get Focus is a system that I developed that um, not only did I write, but I use it in my business. And the word focus is actually an acronym um, for the system. And the F will be working on how to find your niche and your uniqueness and how to communicate that uniqueness to that niche. The O is how to get organized in your priorities, in your time, in the people that you have around you, in your environment. The C is how to create bold goals that keep you moving forward and building momentum in your life and in your business. The U is how to really get clear and understanding what your ideal client's needs are. And just like we were talking earlier, if you don't understand their needs, um, they you need to be able to connect the dots for your ideal client, their needs to the solution that you bring. And then the S stands for the systems that we're going to be working on so that you're marketing on a consistent basis to your ideal client. And so, like I said, it's a five-week course, and I'm really excited about it. The, the registration has been going very well, so I'm excited about the share, share these tips, strategies, and tools that I have for everyone um, in, in that course that's coming up. Oh, wow. I, I'm looking forward to, to, to see all the details about the course. And <laughs> if I want the information, I, I imagine that I, we can find it on your website, Michelle. You sure can, and um, for just you know, I, I really appreciate this time that I've been able to spend with you and everyone, um, and just being able to share from my heart and and share you know the things that have been a blessing to me in my business, and and as a gift to those that have been listening and and tuning in. I have a complimentary audio series or audio. Actually, it's a 30-minute audio along with a. Assess, assessment that I call my steps to success assessment that I want to give to everyone. All you have to do is go to this website which is accelerateyoursuccess.com so it's the word accelerate, the letter U, the letter R and then, then success.com and that'll take you right to where you just fill in your information and you will immediately be able to download the 30-minute audio along with the assessment. The audio will tell you how to do the assessment and also receive more information about the course that's coming up. So I'm really excited to get that in your hands as well. Yeah. So once again, you will find all the, uh, this information on the page you will be redirected to and I will post the same information on my website and on uh, my social media pages. So you will be able to 
to get this uh, this gift from Michelle, do the assessment, find all the information about the upcoming course. Very excited. Yes. Uh, Michelle, do you have time for a couple of questions? I have two I sure questions do. in the in the chat. Yes, um, absolutely. Okay, one of the questions is from Laura, and she says that you know her biggest challenge is to put herself out there. She's afraid of marketing herself is the mm. most difficult part of you know doing business for her. Yes. What can you suggest to her? You know, and thank you for that question. Um, I was in the same position. Um, naturally, I am an introvert, and I can sit in my office. And if I could, if I could grow my business by just sitting in my office and working on my computer, I would. But it takes more than that. And so, understanding that visibility is key to the growth of a business and growth of a career. And I think the first thing you need to understand is that there are people who are in need of what you have to offer. And when when we don't make ourselves visible, there's people who aren't able to receive those solutions that we have to offer. And so what I had to do, because when I say I was an introvert, I mean I had a severe case of it. Whereas I walked in a room and if I didn't know anyone, I would have a panic attack and I would have to leave the room. So what I knew, because I knew it was important for me to get out and meet people, I started very small with baby steps. And so I would go to networking events or conferences and I would say, okay, before I leave this conference, my goal is to introduce myself, walk up to five people and introduce myself. And so sometimes when I walk in a room, it would take me, you know, a couple minutes to work up the courage in order to walk up to someone, but I began doing that. And so every time I would go to a networking event or a conference, I would set a small goal for myself that I would walk up to a certain number of people and introduce myself. So it, it helped build my courage and it helped me become more visible because the other thing you need to realize, you're not the only one who feels that way. There's probably other people in that room that are just as shy and just as um, have some anxiety about introducing themselves. So sometimes what I would do, I find people who look like me, that look like they were nervous, and I would go to them first and kind of break the ice. So I would say set small That's goals. That's a good, just set small good goals. strategy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you feel you are in the same boat. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. But just set small goals and make baby steps and, and you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Michelle, I have another question from Julia. I think Julia is Italian and before I ask you the question, I would love to say to the Italian audience that I'm going to translate uh, this interview with Michelle and add subtitles to the video that has been recorded also on YouTube. So you will soon see uh, the interview and be able to follow everything that we said tonight. Great. So the, the question from Julia is uh, the following one. She says that she's been jumping around here and there trying to find something she feels really passionate about, but she hasn't found her passion yet. So mm -hmm. what would you suggest to her? What she could, what could she do to understand what her, her real passion is? 
Okay, I actually on my on my website, it, um, I have what's called Passion to Profit. It's a it's a free download report that you can get if you go to um, CatalystSuccess.com, um, Julia. So if you would um, like to get that information, but what I would recommend, the first thing is, you know, a lot of people struggle with their trying to figure out what their passion is and especially very gifted people because they can do so many things and have so many talents and this is the process that I went through um, back in 2004 when I was trying to find out what was it that I really wanted to use to build my business and what was I passionate about because I wanted to make sure if I'm going to do a business I wanted to do it um, offering something that I enjoy doing and so I made a list of all my talents I've made a list of all my gifts and looking at those then after I made that list I began to mark the ones that really bring me joy just because I can do it didn't mean it brought me joy and brought me pleasure I just knew how to do it so I looked at the ones that really um, brought me joy that I enjoyed doing that looking at the things if money wasn't an issue I would want to do this all the time and then once I looked at those, I began to talk with people in my circle that I trusted and asked them, what, when you think of what I'm good at, what do you see? And I didn't tell them what was on my list. And I just let them talk and let them explain. And a lot of things that were on my list, they were also bringing up. You're really good at this. It seems like you can do this effortlessly. And then once I had that conversation with them, I began to look at the market. Like, okay, this is what I like to do. Is there a market for that? Is there a need for it? Because you can like to do something, but if there's no market, you can't make any money from it. And so you want to look at what is the need? Is there a need? Or can you communicate the value that you bring so that people, not only who may need it, um, will value it and willing to pay for it? Because a lot of people may say, oh, that's great. I think that's great that you're doing, but they're not willing to pay or make the investment for it. So I would follow those steps. Make a list of everything that you, your gifts, your talents. Circle the ones that you really enjoy that give you pleasure. Talk to friends and family that know you and ask them when they look at you, what do they see that your gifts and your talents and then begin to do some market research to find out based on those that stand out after you whittle it down, which ones are marketable, which ones can generate revenue for you as well. Thank you. Michelle, I have a question and I was thinking while you were talking about, you know, this is a, um, an issue that often comes up with my uh, clients and the, the question is what are the criteria that you need to take into account when you have to um, establish how much is your worth? Yes. You know, that, that's, a, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> because you have, I mean, it's, it's really subjective. I wish there was a scientific formula that I could give. If I could give that, I'd, I'd you know, be a multimillionaire many times yeah. over. But what I found was um, 
especially I'll use my business as an example. I'm a business mentor. I'm a coach. And so what I do is help women in growing their business and growing their revenue. And so when I began setting my prices, I used to look at what other people set their prices um, as. And I would use that as the benchmark to set my, my prices for my service. But as I continued to grow in my business and I saw the outcomes and the results and the revenue that my clients were able to generate in their business, I saw I began to raise my prices because I saw the value that I brought to the table to those clients. It was um, increased because what I was helping them to be able to generate in their business. And so I tell people, I know this might sound real scientific, I tell people, look at your prices and you raise them as high as you're comfortable stating. And so, you know, I, I tell people, if you can't say, you ought to be able to say your price without flinching and with confidence, just as easy as you're able to say to someone, please pass, please pass the salt. <laughs> if, you can't, if you're not that comfortable with your price, it, doesn't, it may mean your price is too high, but a lot of times it's not necessary that your price is too high. It may mean that you're not as comfortable and confident with the value and being able to communicate the value that you bring um, to your client. When you're able to communicate that value, then it helps build the confidence in your um, price. And then the other thing that's so important in being able to substantiate your price is having what's called social proof. And what social proof means is as you're working with people, gathering those testimonials where people are saying, before I worked with you, this was my situation or this was my status, this is what you helped me to accomplish, and this is how I have been able to improve. When people are able to see those testimonials, testimonials and that social proof, it gain, gives credibility to you and also the price that you're asking. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. That, that's very important. And it's also a very practical way to, yes. to look at the, at the issue, as I call yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. It's been yeah. my pleasure to be on here with you today. I, I really enjoyed this time with you, and thank you for sharing with us, you know, your experience, your expertise. You. Yes, and I'm sure that, you know, uh, everybody really enjoyed this conversation that we've had. Wonderful. It's, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Michelle. And once again, for thank you to all of you who have been with us tonight. You will be redirected to a page where you will find uh, all the details to be in contact with Michelle and to download her gift to you. And uh, we will see each other again next week. You will find the recorded interview with Michelle on Google Plus and on YouTube. Michelle, thank you again for your time and for sharing your valuable you. experience with us. Thank, thank you, you and you have a wonderful evening.
So I'm sure you agree with me that it, it was worthwhile presenting again this interview with Michelle Dawson and that the topics uh, that uh, we've covered today uh, are still apply today. I mean, they are really evergreen. And uh, I hope this conversation with Michelle was inspiring to many of you, especially those of you who can be included in the group of vintage women, as uh, I call us. And uh, as you've heard, I'm included in the group. And sometimes, you know, uh, when you approach your 50s, you believe that you are too old to go after your dream business in this case. And maybe you lack the confidence to put yourself up there. Um, And uh, just remember that really each one of us uh, has unique talents, uh, talents that can be very helpful uh, to uh, to the audience that you serve. And that, yes, you may need some guidance to be able to put in place systems and processes that help you run your business and uh, make your business uh, uh, successful and profitable. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. In the show notes, you will find all the links to uh, get in touch with Michelle, to know more about her. So to get the show notes, just head over to www.projectsprosperity.com forward slash 012 empowering women. I repeat www.projectprosperity.com forward slash 012 empowering women. Uh, And as I said, in the show notes, you can find all the links to know more about Michelle. And if you want to listen to this episode on iTunes, just get to uh, iTunes and look for the Prosperity on Air podcast. And if you don't want to miss other episodes, just subscribe to our channel. And uh, if you like to do so, leave us a review and we would really appreciate it. So thank you again for taking the time to listen to this very long episode. shoppers. We now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that doesn't need three spoonfuls of sriracha jam to delight your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is a 21-grain salute to the end of boring bread, a brand on a mission to make the most out of every loaf, to rid the world of GMOs and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. But Dave's Killer Bread has done more than raise the bar on bread. In fact, Dave's Killer Bread was built on the belief that second chances can change lives when its founder, Dave, the guy with the guitar you see on every loaf, returns 
returned to the family bakery after 15 years in prison. Dave took that chance and ended up creating what would become the country's number one organic bread, while never forgetting his not-so-easy path. That's why at Dave's Killer Bread, they proudly practice second-chance employment, hiring the best person for the job, regardless of criminal background. And by the taste of it, things have worked out rather well. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified.